This is the Morning Mugs Podcast. My name is Kira, and I'm glad that you're here. Whether it's morning, noon, or evening for you, welcome. My hope for these short episodes is to provide useful, manageable tools to help you create more space in your day. When we walk around with our cups already full of stress, anxiety, and worry, we don't have room to let in all the good things. So along with your morning mug, join me each week as we explore practices and tools to help you move towards a life with more ease. And I invite you to take what you need and leave the rest behind. Let's dive in. I'm super excited to share today's episode with you guys. In this episode, I will be chatting with Laura Metzdorf-Rivera, who has almost 20 years of experience in the field of health and wellness, combined with over a decade of entrepreneurial success. In this episode, she shares her knowledge of how to live a successful yet balanced and healthy life. Laura continues to own a thriving acupuncture clinic in California while relocating with her family back to the East Coast. She's now offering her expertise through Cultivate Business Coaching, which she believes gives her an opportunity to work with fantastic, motivated people who, like her, don't want to give up on their dreams. So if you've ever questioned the balance between success, hustle, and wellness, you'll want to take a listen. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Laura. We're able to uh, catch up again. I know it's been kind of hectic and um, so, but I'm glad that you're here and that we're going to dive into this. So, um, I, I thought first, maybe we could just start with a little bit of a backstory as to kind of your journey and a little bit into how you got involved with, um, specifically Eastern medicine and acupuncture and a little bit about kind of your story in that space. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. You know, I always knew that I wanted to work with people in some capacity. Um, I guess like as a kid, there was that like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to be a doctor. And then like in high school, I kind of thought I wanted to be a social worker. Um, And when I got to college, I just wasn't finding myself interested in a lot of the classes that went along with that. And then it was like, maybe I'll be a teacher because I was an English major and I still didn't feel like that. It really spoke to me. Um, When I discovered Eastern medicine, kind of through a trail of events um, and book recommendations, it all made sense. It was like how I had looked at like my body my the world like how to take care of myself it gave me like a bigger picture than just going to the doctor getting some medicine feeling better like I wanted to I sought out for myself like a more balanced wholeness and I feel like alternative medicine really offered that um so yeah so I started the journey in it and it it, it's quite a long one (laughs) And an acupuncture degree is four years, a four-year master's. Um, and, you know, that changed my life a lot, just being totally in that after going to my undergrad. Um, you know, you kind of get swept away 
in like a lifestyle when you're, when you're in grad school, <laughs> like when you're not working and you're just a student all the time learning all this stuff, but it was good stuff. And I, and it brought so much value to my, um, like just my life and the way that I look at taking care of myself as well as like my families and, and then of course patients. Um, right. Right. I didn't realize actually that it was a four year uh, master's acupuncture. Cause I know eventually this experience through your master's got you to switch coasts, right? You left the East coast, made your way to California through the master's program and settled down there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the natural thing to do. I mean, a sort of self-proclaimed hippie and then also the school having their curriculum based on the California uh, standards. Um, It just made sense to go there and kind of be a part of that culture where it was much more widely accepted too. Um, And there was a lot more people thinking about it and talking about it. And then when it came time to open a practice, people were excited um, a lot more than I was hearing about it here um, in New York. And so um, I was really grateful for that opportunity to be able to like be in a more open-minded place um, at the beginning of my career so that it was, I guess it made it a little bit easier. You know, everyone looks at California and thinks, oh, those people are so... I don't know, <laughs> um, which is good because acupuncture really has made its a name for itself in medicine. I mean, insurance companies accept it and it's, you know, it has its place. It has in China for a long time as a respected part of medicine. Um, but only now is it really beginning to um, be integrated more um I myself, though, have kind of taken it to the next level as far as thinking about it and more the, the mindfulness and the, the mental health um, that I feel like is really important now for us in this in society. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And Chinese medicine teaches that, too. It teaches us like that connection between your mind, your body and your spirit. It doesn't just um segment it, you know, com- or compartmentalize, compartmentalize it. Like something's wrong with my arm. I'm just going to treat that. We think, well, maybe something's going on in an, in your whole body and that's what's causing an arm issue. I mean, if you break something, obviously you broke your arm, but um, a lot of times when we dig deeper and we look at the patterns, um, we could see how our lifestyle or our mental health or other aspects of our life um, are affecting our our well-being. Yeah. And I think that that's actually um, a really, I think, very valid point, especially now that I think that even in like Western medicine, we're becoming a little bit more aware of how we need to make such an effort to not only focus on like the physical part of our body and like how we're, but that the mental part of it is huge. I think that we really learned that, especially during this pandemic and we see how this affects, you know, me as a teacher, like noticing it in my students um, and even like friends and, you know, et cetera. So I am curious, you know, a little bit about if you could just elaborate a little bit more about what other avenues acupuncture kind of got you into as far as having a deep knowledge base on how we can connect sort of our mind, our body, our spirit. Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in 
studying, I was introduced, I always did yoga, um, but I was introduced to Qigong and Tai Chi, which really um, helped me to connect even deeper with that, with like the self and that energetic movement in my body that, I mean, you know, we can move our bodies, but when we become more conscious of the breath and of ourselves and connect with it deeper, um, it really helps. I think to slow down. And I think that's what acupuncture does a lot for people too, is when you're on the table, you're able to kind of reconnect with just your body and be present in the moment. You, I always tell people, you can't go anywhere. You're pinned to this table. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to lay here for half an hour or 45 minutes and just let your body relax. Um, and I don't think that we have enough opportunities to do that. And so really in treating people and seeing how um, just a simple act of putting a needle and increasing blood flow and helping them slow down um, really brought a lot of wellness on many levels to them. Um, it made me think about how we could do that on our own, how we don't, how we have the ability um, to find that stillness and, and quiet and, and energetic movement anywhere we are. Um, so that led me more to like meditation um, and movement practices and and just more thoughtfulness mm -hmm. around everything that I do. And, and and it's difficult. It's not easy. That's why we have coaches and practitioners and for sure. For sure. <laughs> I I would say actually that you know even like you know because of my background of like taking you know yoga teacher training and you know, being introduced to mindfulness and meditation and, and, you know, the, the idea that like, once you have found something, right. Or you've heard about it, that's just the beginning. The work is actually practicing it. And I think that is where so many of us and myself included really struggle with it. Like, and I think we might've talked about this in a previous conversation, but when, um, you know, James Clear talks about being in motion versus action. You know, you can you can look at the Instagram feed of the quotes and you can, you know, read about meditation and you can get a book about it. But the 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 tough part is like you have to do it. You have to do it. And it's really difficult to include those practices in a in a very busy life that we all have. Like we forget about it. And I would say that for sure that big part of that is one trying to surround yourself with a community but also having help and I think and and that sort of segues us into sort of where you are now as like a life balance coach um, and maybe if you want to talk about a little bit how you're able to provide from your own experience how you can do those things because you you know you're a business owner you're a mother of two you know, just made this huge month long trip from coast to coast. Like those are not easy things. Those are things that, that, you know, require, I would, I would guess require some type of tools just to keep you kind of uh, not losing it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Being stuck in a car with two kids for 30 days definitely can lead to losing it, but yeah. <laughs> or owning a business or having kids in general right. um, stays just being an adult. Um, or even a person, my kids, you know, the kids are facing things that we never even um, thought about, I think, even I think. And so that's really 
what in my own journey, facing my own struggles, understanding my feelings and how I react to them. Um, and like you said, showing up for the action mm-hmm. and a lot of it has to do with accountability. And, you know, that's where if I'm working with someone, I'm not, and I felt like this with acupuncture too, I'm not necessarily creating some eye-opening moment. It's just like that somebody's there to show up with you and to help if you need guidance to kind of cheer you along Um, and to remind us that like, it's normal to be stressed out or it's normal to be unsure of something or it's normal to be afraid. Um, but a lot of that is just feelings. And through meditation, I, um, talk a lot about like naming, like labeling, you know, Mm -hmm. a thought, well, this is just a worry or this is just, uh, planning or this is just, um, you know, just a thought and that it doesn't necessarily mean anything. And how can we like get in deeper touch with just like what we really intend to do? Um, Like taking the road trip that you mentioned, for instance, like we traveled for a month when we moved from coast to coast and we didn't really think about it as much as maybe we should have. And we took it day by day. And in moment, because we didn't have this really, huge itinerary and plan it gave us this opportunity to be in the moment and to kind of take whatever came our way and to be thoughtful about what we did do and to slow down and enjoy where we were and I think that that's really what I try to encourage people to do um, in anything that they're doing is to just like embrace it for what it is um, good or bad uh, and kind of just see stay true to who you are in that and what you want to do and I think it 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 does limit the anxiety for me at least um and for a lot of people that I talk to if we just kind of stay on track with our intentions and um, so that's kind of what I wanted to ask you next too because I do find that so two things there that I think are important to note one being that this idea of because we hear this all the time like trying to be present trying to make sure that you know, that life's not just sort of passing us by, you know, I had um, my yoga teacher was on here on the podcast a couple of months ago. And she had said, like, you know, make sure that you're the one driving the bus, right? You don't want to live your life in this passenger seat. And I get that. I obviously I, I deeply get that. But I'm curious, like, what are some like, actionable ways to consistently practice that because I think that we hear it and we know we're supposed to be doing it but we're like not really sure if we're doing it yeah well I mean the first thing to do with any practice is to really set aside the time to do it and to dedicate yourself to that time I know that my day is busy and that I have a lot of responsibilities so my meditation and journaling practice which are very important to my journey um, are the first thing I do in the morning and I set an alarm to do it and I know at that and I know that it'll be there I don't have to worry about it every day at that time I wake up and I do that and it doesn't always have to be like groundbreaking some days it's just like okay I did it done and then but it train it's training me especially in the meditation part of it 
um, meditation practice is so important because it, it eventually starts to bring itself into more aspects of our life where we don't even need to set aside time. We can just be in a moment and it's like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll just close my eyes for a second or not even close our eyes and take a few deep breaths. And so I think like that is one of the most important things is to dedicate the time mm-hmm. to figure out what it is that you want to do, what the components of the practice, whatever it is are that you feel are necessary for it. And then, and then actually set aside the time to do it. It's like, this is kind of as an English major, um, you know, I like to read, I like to write. And I decided this summer I was going to start reading poetry because when I read poetry, I just like read it. I'm like, okay, I read the poem. Great. And I don't really get it. So I was like, well, if I want to learn how to read poetry, I have to read line by line. And if I don't know a word or understand what it means, I have to look it up. And it becomes like studying the poem rather than Mm -hmm. just, I read a poem. And it's kind of that same thing. Like if you're going to do yoga, sure, you could do like 15 sun salutations and said that and say that you did it. But if you really want to learn from the practice and understand what you're doing and take time, you take time with the poses Mm -hmm. and and you connect with your breath and your pace. And um, I love that so much about yoga too, where they, especially when the teacher will say like, go at your own pace or do what feels good for you, because it really truly is all our practice. Um, Yeah. And I think it's important for us to remind ourselves that whatever it is that we choose to do is ours and we could do it however we see fit, but we just have to do it. (laughs) So that, so that brings me to the other part of that. So I agree with you a hundred percent that scheduling the time for this is, is huge. It it really does have to be a priority. And, And I think that by carving out a very specific part of your day, if you can, that's consistent. Like that's why I'm morning mugs. Like for me, I'm the same way. I, I, it's best for me to do this in the morning. Do I always do it in the morning? No, but I will tell you what, I feel a lot better when I am consistent about a morning practice than I do when I'm not. But the other thing to that is this idea that, you know, taking this sort of the action to say like, okay, if I'm going to, you know, like you said, like learn poetry and I'm going to actually take the time to really learn this. And I think with all of these tools, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga, whether it's breath work, whatever it is, unless I think we're actually taking the action to get something out of it, a lot of times we're sort of just in the motion of kind of thinking about doing it or maybe doing a little bit of it. Um, So I'm curious also because when it comes to sort of taking this action other than scheduling it in your day. Um, I'm curious about your thoughts on perhaps, you know, ways to know what really is best suiting me, right? Like, like, should I be spending 30 minutes doing yoga that I'm not really sure what I'm doing or should I, cause I know that we've talked about like reflection practices. So I'm curious what you think about how that's a good way to maybe help someone know what maybe could work best for them as far as a a practice. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge focus that I talk about um, is really figuring out what works for you. And that does take some searching um, and potentially even trial and error. Like not everybody's going to want to do yoga. Um, Some people might want to run or even paint or something, whatever it is. Um, 
how do we figure out what works for ourselves is tricky because everybody's different and nobody's going to like the same things as everyone else. Nobody's going to need the same things. I always rely on asking questions and that's where working with a coach or teacher is really great because they're going to hear what you're saying Mm -hmm. and they're going to ask more questions and kind of help you discover what it is that might work best. If I hear someone saying, you know, I just really need a break or I want to go on sabbatical and I say, oh, how's a retreat? That would be great. Why don't you do a retreat? And they're like, oh, that's not for me. Well, then I'm not going to push them to go sit at an ashram and meditate all day. Maybe they need to do some like walking in the woods or, um, you know, something more physical like a bike riding routine, whatever it is. I think that it is very important that it resonates with us and that we feel good about it and that we then want to do it. Like you're, if you're forcing yourself to wake up at 5am and meditate and you hate it, (laughs) then it's going to serve you. I mean, you, you probably would get something out of it, even if you didn't enjoy it thoroughly. But um, I think that the most, like, you know, this is our life. This is our chance here. We should do things that make us feel good. Um, You know, sometimes it requires a little bit of work. We may not want to show up every time, but when it feels, when it's right, it will feel right and and change will be obvious. Um, And then, then, then it just becomes like an integrated part of our lives. And then we're probably on to like the next thing, like, okay, I that, and now what can I add to it? Um, I think that's how, what makes us, how we can become better humans and, and just more true to ourselves, right? Like if everybody's just kind of like running the race for everyone else and we lose sight of what's, how we want to live, then we end up feeling pretty lost. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I a hundred percent. And I also think that especially for women, in particular, um, maybe because often we're caretakers or raising children or helping raise grandchildren or whatever we're doing, I think it gets really, it gets really easy sometimes for us to not even, not even just to forget what we like want to do with our lives, but also I think also not taking the time to maybe explore that, you know, not taking the time to really know you know, what am I looking for? What brings me joy? And I think it's so important to take the time to do that because like you said, like life's, life's going to keep going, you know, and, and we need to, because I also find this interesting that like knowing what the, you know, that we should, that we should be having these practices in our life because they make us feel better and they, they bring our anxiety down. But that's not just the reason why. It helps you make space for the things that are really important in your day and the things that are really important in your life. Instead of feeling like you're on this rat race cycle and then you wake up 20, 30 years from now and you don't know how you got there. Yeah. And you can have the hardest job, but the best mindset and you'll be okay. But, it, you know, like the people that are, you see someone dedicating themselves to something and you go, I don't know how they do that. Well, they may be going home and taking the time for themselves and then they have the strength to do that. Uh, one, I noticed that in my acupuncture practice, a lot of the women um, 
that were having the hardest time physically, mentally were caretakers, whether it be of children or aging adults Mm -hmm. or in a hard job that was really just taking up so much of their bandwidth. And it, they didn't have the time or they didn't feel like they had the time to, to care for themselves at all. Um, and it, and it takes its toll pretty quickly. And it is hard to tell somebody who's really busy and tired to start giving time to themselves. Um, but it is important that we, we ask for it when we can, um, that we make space for it when we can. And take whatever it is that we can get. Like if it's just 15 minutes, use it wisely. You know, don't scroll on social media. Like, <laughs> right. Take a walk or take a few breaths. Um, most importantly, slow down and just and and appreciate that moment. And all of it is easier said than done. But that too mm-hmm. is practice. The more that we give to ourselves, the more that we'll feel like we're able to um, receive it. So let me just ask you before we round this out, um, if you had like one, because I like to leave listeners with like one sort of tangible tool or something that they know after they listen to this, you're like, I can start that. Like that's manageable. I can do that today or I can do that tomorrow. What would you say would be something that is a practice someone could include in their day today, tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the most important thing is, and we've already covered this, is to figure out what works for you. And I think that the most, the best way to start doing that would, it doesn't even need to be like journaling, but to just kind of like asking yourself questions and kind of making maybe even lists of like, what do you like? What would you like to have in a month? Or what would make you happy in two years? Or like, you know, kind of just start to explore um, yourself, not so much just like looking at, uh, social media or Pinterest and seeing like what other people have, what you like, but like really taking the time to think about what makes you feel good, um, or what makes you feel content, not even happy, but just content and at peace. Um, and then explore that and, and, and really discover like who, you know, you are as a person. Um, and what works for you. And I, I really do think that if we just take even 10 minutes each day, just kind of like giving ourselves a little bit of attention, like we do so many other things that, um, you know, that those answers will come. And now you also have as a way to maybe help, um, you know, some listeners who maybe haven't started a practice yet or don't, you have the, uh, the free intention and reflective planner on your website, like as a way to start. Yeah. And that's great because that does like a time audit and then also connects with how we feel throughout our day. So every, every hour you're writing down, let's say for a week, all the things you have to do, all the things that you then did do and you reflect back and it's like, how did I feel doing these things? Did this resonate with what I wanted to do? Did I accomplish my goals? Did I get left feeling, um, you know, exhausted or unfulfilled. And it really, that is a really good way to start to get in touch with, um, you know, how, what our priorities are, how we really want to spend our time. And then we're able to use our time wisely um, too. You know, when you do something, you do it well, and then it's done and then you can kind of let it go. (laughs) 
Yeah. No, I really, I think it's great. I think it's a great way to get anyone and you have it right on your website and you just put in your email and it's free and you can start it. And I think it's a great way, especially if you're feeling like you're in a funk or you're not really sure how to start with all this, or maybe you need to restart, right? You're like, well, I thought I was doing this for a while and I kind of felt good, but maybe now I'm not really into it anymore. So I would, you know, anyone who's listening, um, and I'll, I'll leave all your info in um, the notes, but um, where they can find that. So the, the best way I would see to find you is at on Instagram at cultivate.coach. Yep. And yeah. I, and that's uh, where I talk a lot about these things in my posts. Um, and uh, that has links to my newsletter mm-hmm. with um, every Monday I put out, I call it motivation Monday. Um, and I talk a lot about this stuff and just like quick, easy little hints and reminders. It's kind of your little accountability coach showing up every Monday in your inbox to check in and see how you're doing and, and kind of cheer you on. Cause I do think we're all doing our best. Um, but if we're not feeling our best, then there's always room for, for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And I think that it's okay when maybe we don't feel that we're doing our best to take a minute to pause, to check in, and then use the tools that are there that are being offered to try to do better. Because, right, what's the saying? You can only do um you can only do as best you can with the tools you have, right? So I love that you're offering this um, to to people and that they can just have access to this. And I think what you're doing is great. I'm so glad we were able to touch base. Truly, I am. Um, and then I would love to have you back on. We'll have to do something again together because I think you have a lot to offer. And I think that people can really, really learn to move themselves maybe in a different direction that they you know, that they can have guidance from you for. Absolutely. I love having conversations with like this. And I, and I think that starting with just conversation is a really great place to start, you know, opening up and, and being more um, just hearing what we all have to say and how we're not in it alone where everybody's kind of on the same journey, just a little bit different, but, but um, you know, a lot of the ideas are the same. So I appreciate you giving um, the opportunity to have this conversation too. Yes. It was great talking to you and I will keep in touch. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you, Laura. Bye. Bye-bye. So here are some of the takeaways. Number one, the simple act of slowing down gives us a sense of stillness. Number two, create mindfulness around small acts. Number three, coaches and practitioners are here to help you create a consistent lifestyle change. Number four, accountability is essential for change. Number five, embrace the moments you have for what they are. Number six, set aside time, dedicate the time to keep up your practice. Number seven, reflect on what works for you. Allow yourself to try things. Trial and error is okay. Number eight, women in particular need time for self-care. Number nine, take the time to figure out what works for you. You can do this by trying reflective journaling. And if you'd like to check out Laura's free daily intention and reflection planner, it can be found on her website, um, which is cultivatebusinesscoaching.com. I will leave that link in the show notes. 
Um, and the best way to contact Laura and see what she's up to is to check her out on Instagram at cultivate.coach, which there you'll find a link in her bio to all things related to Cultivate Business Coaching. Um, in that link, you'll also find um, the link to her website and the daily intention and reflection planner. Um, and lastly, I hope you enjoyed this episode um, as much as I did. It certainly got me motivated again and reminded me to return to my daily practices, um, which allows me to make room for the things that matter, right? Like this. So if you think someone maybe could use a little support or some motivation and you think this could be helpful for them, um, or maybe just so that they know they're not alone, share the link, text it, share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Mind Body Heart Challenge. Um, you can also tag Laura at cultivate.coach. I'm sure she would love to know that her words resonated with someone. Um, and until next time, be well. <laughs>